It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast. Zach Blackerby, Painter Sharpless. And it's a Monday, so the perfect Monday guest joining us, Josh Vitale of the Montgomery Advertiser. First off, Painter, how are you? I'm well. I'm doing well. Glad that we uh, we have some good company. You look good when you man the controls, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate I mean that. that. Thank you. Josh Vitale, how's it going? I'm tired, but I'm here. <laughs> You're tired? <laughs> but I'm here. All right. Is it from Fan Day on Saturday? Ah, uh, yeah, just just you all the fans. Exhausting. How many autographs did you get, you think? Oh, God. Too many to count. Were you there? Were you out there? I did go, yeah. What was your favorite story that you saw at Fan Day? Your favorite favorite uh, event, moment, if you will? Spectacle? Uh, Justin Ferguson, I assume another friend of the program, yeah. pointed, this, pointed this out to me. There was a man walking around with, he didn't have a poster or a football or a jersey. He had an iPad with every player's photo on it, and he was bringing up to the player, finding their photo, and they were signing it with a stylus pen. So he had a digital autograph photo 3019 is where that guy is living i mean you're not selling those but that's a cool thing to have you have a collection of every it does make modern, sense that's cool in an it's era cool in which where everything's digital we're still getting our autographs on things which makes sense because zach i've seen your room you have memorabilia and, and yeah. i'm sure josh you have something similar whether it's broncos or yankees but mm-hmm. like putting that on a wall makes sense but a lot of times if you just get a picture sign it's like i get well, it I, you might lose this but yeah. this this man has it on his eye but it's kind of a cool thing yeah, and a lot of it's the story too. Like now, obviously, you can buy signed things, of course, but yeah. but uh, if you're ordering something, like it's no different. You know, mm-hmm. like you weren't there when it got signed. Exactly. So this, at least, you have the story to go with and the memory. Yeah. So that's cool. My original thought was, "What? That's weird." But it, after, no, I, I kind of like sense. that. Yeah. I kind of like that. But yeah, so uh, fan day was Saturday, and uh, you know, everybody's kind of got some some stories and pictures from that, but. The big thing, uh, the big thing from the weekend, really, is is the commitment that Auburn added on Friday, four-star running back Tank Bigsby, and now Auburn in most places ranked around six nationally as far as their recruiting class. As far as impact, Josh, I mean, it, it seems like this one's up there when you when talking about a guy that that can make an impact pretty early in his career. A lot of people very high on what Tank Bigsby brings to the field, and also. One of the best names I've ever heard. Yeah, uh, I mean his name is Tank. He's a big kid. <laughs> his name is Tank. Like if you're that's your analysis, ladies and gentlemen. His name is Tank. Like if you're trying to find a running back, the kid's name is Tank. Um, but in, you know, on more serious terms, I mean this is this is why Auburn went out and got Cadillac Williams to be its running back coach. It wanted to start winning on the recruiting trail again when it came to running backs. This is Auburn's highest rated running back signee since Rock Thomas back in 2015. Worth noting, too, that at least with the 24-7 sports composite, he's like a hair away from – he is literally about as close as you can be to being a five-star without being a five-star. This is one of those guys that you could – that might end up being a five-star when all of a sudden because they always do their re-ranking kind of thing. So this is a guy who very easily could be a five-star when all is said and done. Um, he's the highest-rated running back since Rock? Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. Which I guess Mark Anthony Richards was – also a four star, but am I remember was he a top three hundred, top one hundred player? He was top one hundred, but he was he was an, I guess he was technically an athlete, not Fair a enough. running back coming out of high school. Yeah, he was the number four running back, I think, mm-hmm. in his class. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean it's a it's a big pickup, and then like you said, it, it, Auburn was 
12th before this commitment. Uh, two months ago, it was 23rd nationally. Now it's 6th. It has 18 commitments, which is the most Auburn has ever had in August since Gus Malzahn's been the head coach. Um, this is a head coach who last December we were talking about, you know, is he done? Is he going to be, is he going to even coach the 2019 season? Now he and his staff are putting together one of the best classes of his tenure. It's, it's pretty amazing what they've done. And that's kind of amazing to me because you know, the pitch that these guys, I mean, they're recruiting against Alabama, Georgia, you know, LSU, Clemson, all throughout, you know, the South. Very stable program. Right. right and, And you know, the pitch that they're giving is. Well, if you go to Auburn, you don't know how long he's going to be there, but that clearly doesn't matter right now. And you yeah. hear about, you know, it's all it's not necessarily about the school, it's about the relationships that they're building with these coaches. Mm-hmm. They must really believe in what Malzahn's doing at Auburn. And I want to talk more about that. Just for, for the point of it, you're right, Mark Anthony Richards was an athlete, mm-hmm. and then also he's the number four player in Georgia, ranked 31st in the country, Tank Bigsby is. He's... Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's six foot tall, two ten, runs a four six forty. So, the guy can move. He's yes. obviously big, but more. But, to the, but Richards was a top one hundred player. I haven't. Yeah. Right here it says number ninety. So he was a top one hundred. He player, was. He, he was listed yeah. as an athlete, not a running back. Right. And and, and then yeah. I think the more important thing y'all are tapping into here is how well this coaching staff is recruiting. When eight or nine months ago. There may not have been a ton of credibility to it, but there was plenty of conversation about whether or not Gus Malzahn was going to get that buyout, but whether he would be there. But the hot seat hasn't gone away. I mean, the hot right. seat is still there. I mean, what what, what, are you, what are you hearing when talking to some of these guys, Josh? I think it's I think it's you, the credit. I mean, obviously Malzahn's part of it, but the credit really goes to the the assistant coaches Gus Malzahn has brought in because his staff has really changed over the years to go really young. I mean, Marcus Woodson, Cadillac Williams, Kenny Dillingham. These are these are young guys. These are guys at the oldest. Travis Williams as well, linebackers coach. I mean, these are guys who are all younger than forty years old. They're in a position where they they can very easily connect with these kids because they're they're not far off from being them. Um, and you look at some of Auburn's biggest wins recently. Um, the two defensive backs, Marcus Woodson's a big part of that. The running back, Cadillac Williams. The three linebackers who are all four stars and I think ranked top thirty overall. Travis Williams. I mean. He's, What's it worth too to for some of those guys to have played at a high level? I mean, Cadillac Williams was the offensive rookie of the year in the NFL. He obviously had plenty of success. That's going to be something he'll mention. Travis Williams was an All SEC linebacker, yeah. and they're young, like you're saying. Like, and they're probably pretty relatable when you're in your mid thirties. There's just some things you can probably talk to about those players that maybe the older guys might not be able to. I don't. I don't know if that's really that big of a deal but a lot of recruiting is relational yeah i think these these coaches probably much they have a much easier time connecting on like a a peer level than like rodney garner is a is a father figure to recruits which is i mean he's an incredible recruiter and he obviously closes maybe better than anyone on the staff and i, I think you could argue he's the best recruiter yeah. on the staff and, and i yeah. bet there's value yeah. in having that stern father like and i oh, bet yeah. there's value in having that pure brother like coach yeah. both of them and they do i think they all i mean when when guys come and visit i think they all work together but i think going back to the young guys and you mentioned playing I mean, if cadillac williams walks into a room and he's recruiting running back that's instant clout. He's like, yeah, I was a star at Auburn. I was a rookie of the year in the NFL. I've done all this. I can teach you how to be a good running back if you come to Auburn. You just you, you have that instant level of respect. It's not like, oh, the, oh, you played? I didn't know that. Everyone knows Cadillac Williams played for Auburn. Travis Williams, everyone knows Travis Williams played for Auburn. It's that instant clout when you walk in the room. Like, I should listen to this guy. He knows what he's talking about. And I think 
I think both of those guys that you mentioned, Cadillac and T. Will, the the sales pitch that they can have in regards to Cadillac is like, all right, there's other talented guys here. I was in a system. I, I played with this Ronnie Brown guy. He was pretty good. Yeah, it worked out. And we were able to both succeed. So don't worry about other talent that that I'm bringing in here. Mm-hmm. And then T. Will, he can go to any linebacker in the country and is like, hey, you know. I was four feet tall and yeah. I was able to ball out. So imagine what I can do with you. You yeah. know what I mean? So I think that's uh, that's shown to be pretty valuable for Auburn's coaching staff so far this year and, and the recruiting. So number six nationally, I mean, that would be incredible. I mean, do, do you think this type of momentum is sustainable? Either of you guys, what are y'all's thoughts? Yes, I think it would be weird to think it'll get worse. Like the only thing that could really happen is the wheels completely come off this year and there's either a coaching change or it's so bad. Some of these players go, "Uh, why would I go to that school? And there's some other schools that really, I think that it's got to have been a difficult enough challenge recently with all of the, as you mentioned, if you want to call it the hot seat or Mm -hmm. there always seems to be this wave of concern about whether coach Malzahn will be the coach. Um, and then when you look at it, I think now it's, there's not a lot of spots left in this class to fill out. I think they're going to be very selective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're at 18. You max out at 25. Auburn usually doesn't hit 25. They have to keep some spots open. Graduate for transfer. transfer probably changes the way coaches are perceiving that that limit yeah. now. So, you know, there's there's not a lot of, they're going to be selective. They they still have some needs to hit. They, they need probably another defensive lineman. Um, they only have one in the class right now. Probably they could use another defensive back. Mm-hmm. Um but they now, yeah, they have options, and I, they've talked about the last two years how much that early signing period in December has changed the way they go about things. And you know, if you're a good team competing at the end of the season, you really don't have much time to start. All right, we have to get back into recruiting mode. Auburn's most of the way there. It's going to sign maybe six more high school guys or add six more to its class. You know, barring decommitments, you you can focus a lot more of your resources now on the six you want rather than trying to fill out you know 10 12 13 spots and i want to keep talking about running backs but real quick want to take uh take a quick uh second to talk about uh, you know, fantasy players fantasy football players that are out there make sure you listen to Vinny liar and the locked on fantasy football podcast Vinny gives you the edge with 20 years covering fantasy football don't listen to the same stuff giving the same advice as everyone else you can get the edge from Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long locked on fantasy football is available wherever you listen to podcasts it's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Support for today's show comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belts grooming. You may have seen Manscaped on Shark Tank and Men's Journal named their Lawnmower 2.0 as one of the best tools in men's grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. That's LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. All right, guys, so uh, Josh Vitale of the Montgomery Advertiser joining us. Of course, Painter Sharp is the VSPN 1067. So we mentioned Mark Anthony Richards. Uh, reports came out that he underwent surgery. It sounds like everything went fine. It sounds like it was pretty minor. 
the fact that he's even questionable for the season opener is kind of impressive to me. What kind of impact does this have early in the season? I don't think it does. Not. No disrespect to Mark Anthony Richards, who I think is an incredibly talented player and mm-hmm. uh, fun to talk to when he was here on his visit. But I just don't think I didn't see him factoring much into what Auburn's plans were at running back this season, just because he really is seventh on the depth chart. Uh, he's the last one to arrive, you know, being a freshman who didn't enroll early like DJ Williams did. So he's yeah, he was the there lowest were, guy on the list. If there was a, a younger guy, it would have felt like wouldn't Williams, the guy who got there. He got early mm-hmm. and also has kind of turned some heads in spring, but he's had the shoulder problem a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, if there were going to be a younger running back, I, I did, don't think I was expecting it to be Richards. Yeah, I think Richards, out of that group of seven backs, he was probably the clearest redshirt candidate just because, you know, Auburn has talent. Running back. You can't you can't play seven guys at running back. There's just not enough snaps in a game. I think he was a guy you would have seen. Maybe play against a Tulane or a Kent State, definitely a Samford late in the year, but yeah. and he might still um, if this injury doesn't keep him out that long. But um, you know, obviously, you don't want to see players get hurt ever. Right. You want you want Mark Anthony Richards to have this practice time to continue getting versed in Auburn's offense and getting on page with everyone else. But as far as where does it, how does it impact the team as a whole? I don't think. I don't think he was trending towards being a huge factor early in the season on the offense. I think there's so many guys ahead of him. Maybe I'm looking at this in a weird way, because I think you already just said the thing we need to keep in mind, which is that you don't want people to get hurt, obviously. But at the same time, Auburn really probably had a conundrum on their hands in that they almost had too much talent at a position, and like somebody could end up feeling kind of you know annoyed, hurt, whatever word you want to use, because they're not going to see the field. And it's almost like, all right, well, you came in pretty late. You've had this injury. Like now I think the coaching staff can make a case of, look, let's just give you this red shirt, give you some time. And maybe it wouldn't have been a problem. Mark Anthony Richards may have had enough, you know, wherewithal to been like, look, this probably just isn't going to be my year. But I almost think think of anything, this just now can be a year in which he resets. And if it's not serious, maybe he gets to play in three games or yes. something this year without any hard feelings about the red shirt. Yeah, and everything I hear about this guy is he could be the next carry-on. There are a lot, very lot of similarities. Right. I like him a lot. The, the interesting thing about him, let's talk about like him redshirting, is like mm-hmm. we all probably expect him to, to be a contributor a year to two years from now. Yeah. It's not, it's not a knock on his talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially, I think, especially with like Cam Martin is gone after this year, depending mm-hmm. on how good Booby Whitlow is, could he declare? And then it's, like, then it's wide open at that point. Yeah, and I think uh, people react quickly now – Fans, especially when they say, oh, he's not playing as a freshman. Is he not good? And it's that I get that where that comes from. But sometimes it does. It doesn't it's not, it doesn't have instantly for every player. Uh, Mark Anthony Richards is talented. I think he's going to be a, a huge factor in the running back rotation for this mm-hmm. team going forward. It just may not. I don't think it ever was going to be this year just because of how much I had he had ahead of him and how, you know, far mm-hmm. later he got in than everyone else. Um Obviously, you don't want to see him get hurt, but I don't think this, as far as impacting Auburn as a team, I don't think this does early in the season. I think this is a guy who was going to be a a down-the-road type prospect. And I didn't want to sound callous when I made the remarks about the injuries. And I also get where you're coming from, because I'm sure you have people tweet at you or ask you, Josh, like, hey, why isn't this guy seeing the field? Because now I think we almost equate superstars with guys that play as freshmen. It's like, well... If he's not starting at some point as a true freshman, can he really be a superstar? And and I think that's a little bit of a narrow way of looking at that. Yeah, I think it happened last year when um you know Anthony Schwartz and Seth Williams obviously came out and played immediately and were very good immediately. But the highest rated receiver in that class, Matthew Hill, redshirted, played only four games, really didn't have an impact. And people were like, oh, is you know what happened, to Matthew Hill? Why isn't he playing? And it's like 
and Gus Malzahn even said it, it, some players come in and can just translate and they're ready and they can do it. And some players, it just takes longer. It takes that year of learning, of trying to get to the, the level of where you're ready to play. It, it's not a knock on a player. That it's not like, oh, well, he's not good enough to play as a freshman, so he's not good. It's just, no, sometimes it well, takes longer to get ready to play on the college level. And also, I don't think coaches want to play freshmen. I think in an ideal world, you always recruit and plan ahead where yeah. you're, you're not playing guys that are a year out of high school. Now, obviously, if the freshman's the best player, they want to play them and you know they want to do whatever it takes to win. But I, I think it, it, and that should be kind of rare. It, like yeah. it sh- you shouldn't yeah, have eight freshmen. It's almost on, poor planning if you yeah. know a freshman comes out and like isn't a superstar. You know yeah. what I mean? Especially Malzahn. Malzahn is very cautious with mm-hmm. freshmen because his big thing for every player is you have to hold on to the football. Mm-hmm. And freshmen are the ones you're the most scared of because they're going from playing high school kids they're dominating to college kids who are bigger and faster than they are at this point. And that's you saw Matthew Hill play against Alabama State, and he fumbled on his first carry. And after that, it's like, all right, Matthew Hill is probably not going to play for a while because Gus Malzahn saw a freshman go in there and fumble. That's his biggest fear as and a head coach. To that same point, you know, you just made the, the point about the difference in skill and size and, and all the measurables. But, like, I do wonder for the guys who are truly elite four- and five-star guys, especially depending on what level you play at, like even Booby Whitlow, who wasn't rated super highly, he was dominating his level of high school ball. Like, mm-hmm. There's just a certain level of you probably didn't need to practice that much. And so to come to the college level and it's like, yeah, every practice is now important because you simply won't be the best player. Yeah, getting better is a lot more important from week to week in college than it is. And then it's, it's more important than the NFL. I mean, it's just kind of the, the natural progression of things. All right, so we got another scrimmage on Wednesday. Josh, what do you think the biggest storyline, if you had to predict right now, what's the biggest storyline following the second scrimmage? I think the second scrimmage is going to be the one that decides who gets the first snap against Oregon at quarterback. All right, use air quotes there for those uh, not in studio listening. I, I, (laughs) everyone but me and Painter. (laughs) There's, there's going to be a starting quarterback against Oregon because you have to have a quarterback that's on the field first. I still believe that both players are going to play, but I think the second scrimmage. See, Zach and I have had some disagreement here. I still believe this. I still think that you're going to see them both at some point, but I think Zach, unless I'm mistaken, you're thinking he he wants to avoid a Clemson esque scenario where he. But I I I don't don't think think it's going to be. Yeah, I don't think it'll be rotating four quarterbacks, and I don't think it'll be like every other series. I think. You'll see one of them start and play a few series. One of them will come in. Uh, how, many, how, many court, how many different players take snaps against Oregon? Three. Booby's the third one? Two quarterbacks and a Wildcat quarterback, either Booby or Harold Joyner, whoever wins that job. Is that Harold a competition? Jo- Harold Joyner is in the mix to also get Wildcat snaps quarterback. Harold Joyner is a freak of an athlete. <laughs> I, uh, I do buy that. Um, do you really? They, they do, like do you think Harold he's Joyner. relevant this year? you think, think Harold Joyner is a relevant piece in the offense? I think they're going to try to make him relevant. I don't know if it sticks, but I think they like his talent. Well, Gus Malzahn, every time he talks about him, can't help but yeah. perk up a little bit. They like Harold they may Joyner. Also they just want like, him to be a thing. You can't block. Like We know you won't yeah. do it, well, but we'll give you yeah. the ball. The H-back thing, I think they've realized that that's not going to right. be part of it. He's not going to be a, a Chandler Cox he's not going to be a blocker but I mean he's six foot four as and a running back kind of what you would expect Sean Shivers to be and instead they're like opposite yeah, yeah. well let's touch more on this in one second the new locked on NFL podcast is on fire right now last week it was one of the most listened to NFL shows in all of podcasts with expert analysts a former NFL scout Matt Williamson and hosted by Brian Peacock, Locked On NFL, your daily national podcast on all things NFL. Follow Locked On NFL now on your favorite 
podcast provider. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. I, I, I am skeptical about the Harold Joyner's involvement in the offense. I mean, it. I, I just don't think. I just don't think. I don't know. It's one of those situations where, okay, he's not a running back. He's not a quarterback. And then, you know, you can do the whole Malzahn quote of he's just a football player. But those we haven't really seen that pay off before. Yeah, but he is a running back. I mean, they've 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 settled him in a running back. That's supposed to play. He's going to do some wide receiver type, maybe split out a little bit in the slot. But I I think when I say he'll play, I don't think he's going to be a guy who ever gets 20 carries or 10 catches in a game. I think he's a guy who they're going to work in and get him touches and get Does the ball Does he get 50 touches all year? 50, 50 touches is a lot. Yeah, because, I mean, you're at least looking at I mean, almost five or so five a game. game. Anthony Schwartz didn't get 50 touches last year. Okay. That's 50 touches is a lot of touches. 30? Yeah, I can get, he can get... He, you think I mean, between 30 and 50 is okay? He can get 30. I mean, he could. I'm, I'm not saying it's, it's going to happen, but I think they're going to put him out there and see if he's capable. And if he goes out there and it doesn't work, they're going to scale it back. But I think they're going to try to see what they have in him because they, uh, they like him in practice. They like him as an idea because he's that talented and that versatile, but he got short on the field. But if he does show it on the field, they're going to find a way to use this guy. Interesting. All right. So do you think we get our answer for who will start at quarterback after this? I don't know if we'll get the answer on Wednesday, but I think I, I but the, do you think he will make an announcement Thursday or Friday of this week? I would say so. Three quarterback competitions since he's been the head coach um, in 2013. Um, one of them was set on August 14th, so we're uh, we're about to get get Pat. That's that'd be Wednesday. One with him August 17th, and one was August 25th. That was mm-hmm. Sean White. That was the late one. I don't think we'll go that far. I'm gonna guess sometime. I I would say by next Monday. My guess is that we will know. And it's going to come in response to a scrimmage, right? I mean, I can't see them going to practice on Friday or Saturday and then they're like, okay, you know, he had a good scrimmage. That's it. Or a good practice. That's it. Yeah, it'll come come in response to the scrimmage, but it's when it's when they announce the decision. And sometimes our quotes with Coach Malzahn can become laughable. But I do actually have two pieces of audio of him talking about the quarterback. So bear with me if he says anything like they're competitors they're football players. Right. They both are, yeah, you know, technically. I think with the Orange Group, there weren't enough first downs to even see it, you know. So uh, that's credit to the defense. But at the same time, man, we got to be better. we got to be better offensively. we got to be better really as a whole. That's really what stood out to me, not just one group. Um, you know, we just uh, – they didn't move the ball very well. And then we've got one more briefly. Oh, 100%. Yeah, they're going to need as many reps as they can get back there behind – they're going to need to feel that. And kind of like I said, I think different than some years is, you know, these scrimmages, you know, we've kind of already looked ahead at Oregon and some of the things that, that we know we're going to do, give them as many reps as we can doing them so they're they're more reactive instead of uh, have to think. You know, it doesn't matter. Our defense is different than theirs, but still I uh, just want our guys to be comfortable with what we call. Does him highlighting Oregon at all – do y'all find that interesting just that he would say that we are because it makes sense like one you it would make sense to now start looking ahead to your first opponent however sometimes they may have waited a little bit longer 
to do so. And it kind of to your point, Josh, about both the guys playing, it's like, well, well, are they getting them ready for that? Well, I, I know they have. I mean, Gus Malzahn has said they're they're installing the offense quicker this year than they have in years past because outside of quarterback, they have so many veterans. They're saying, listen, you have a veteran offense around you. We're putting the offense in. We need you to catch up, basically. Um, so I think the fact that they're already into some Oregon stuff doesn't surprise me because okay. they are trying to move that along quicker. Um, but, yeah, it could be a case where they're trying to see. Because you, you don't just go in saying, hey, we're going to use both. But you want to see, hey. If we're going to use both, can we? Does it work? Is there a way that makes sense? Um, we know the way they did it against Clemson did not make any sense. I think we can all agree on that. Right. So let's find a different. If we're going to use two, let's find a different way. And to be fair, I think these two quarterbacks that Auburn is deciding between are better than all the quarterbacks that took snaps against Clemson in that game. Yes, and they are. I mean, Auburn obviously clearly likes both, and they're different quarterbacks. They're not. They're both. They both can pass. They both can run. But Bo Nix is a better passer. Joe Gatewood is a, from all descriptions, a freak of a runner. Mm-hmm. The fact that they have differing skill sets makes it kind of an interesting idea to, why not try to use both instead of saying, all right, you're the starter, sorry, the other guy, you sit on the bench the whole game, that's it. I was filling in for Painter last week on the lunch break. Uh, he was on assignment chatting with, if you will, Gustav. But uh, I had a caller call in, and it's a caller that calls in, fairly often, so I, I know both of you have had conversations with him uh, on ESPN 106.7, but he, he made the comment he thinks it's going to be two quarterbacks, uh, a two-quarterback system all year round, and I said, I, I just don't think we've ever seen that, and it work. And his response was, well, it worked in 1957 when Auburn won a national championship. And I'm like, okay. The, the thing I can remember in the modern era other place, is, other, other places it has like it, Tim Tebow doing it is different because like he would go in on certain packages yeah. and certain he was a short down yard distance. Yeah. yeah, like they didn't put him in on you know their own 35 and tell him to march it down to the red zone and then put Chris Leak back in. Like mm-hmm. so, it has worked. Super talented teams with an established quarterback. Neither of these guys are established. So like I won't say it won't ever work, but that's not the route I see the coaching staff going. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree. Yeah, I don't think it'd be a full season thing, but I, like my big thing is recently is I don't think when when Gus Malzahn announces a starter, that's not the end of the competition because I think they both play against Oregon and then regardless of what happens in that game, Auburn comes home plays Tulane and Kent State, which are two teams it should beat. So I don't think you're going to see, well, all right, if Joey Gatewood gets in the starter, that's it, it's over. I think, no, that means he starts against Oregon, and they come back home those next two games, and they're going to play both, and I think another decision might get made. I mean, if, if the if this person they named the starter plays great, he's a starter. It might drive Auburn fans crazy, and Auburn needs to find a way to win this Oregon game, even if it's ugly and sloppy and mirrors which a lot it, of that Washington game, and it's the first game of the year, and teams usually aren't crisp. But if they can win it, that is just more power to them. If they lose it, the season gets difficult, but it isn't over. They haven't lost a yeah. conference game. Just two years ago, a scenario played out like this, in which they then went on to lose a conference game, and it was still okay until the SEC championship. Like, I know Auburn fans don't want to hear it. I know Gus Malzahn, of all people, wants to win that game so that he has at least a few weeks to breathe before he goes to College Station. Mm-hmm. But the season isn't over, and that's that's why I think you're looking at Kent State and Tulane as real opportunities for this battle to continue, even if it's kind of private. Yeah, because, I mean, you're going to play both quarterbacks in the game, and you can evaluate quarterbacks all you want in practice and scrimmages, but... It's different when they're playing a real defense that's trying to go hit them yeah. when there's 
80,000 plus people in the stand. So I think those two games are big. And it'll be a lot easier for Auburn to say, hey, we're going to keep experimenting if they're 1-0 and and not 0-1. Josh, where can people find your stuff, man? Uh, you can find my stuff online at MontgomeryAdvertiser.com and follow me on Twitter at Josh Vitale. Thanks for hanging out with us every Monday. You're the man. Thanks for inviting me. Painter, where can people find you in here, you boss? I'm at Paint Sharpless. Listen along at ESPN 1067. You can do that on the dial if you're in the Auburn Opelika area or at work, ESPNAU.com, the ESPN 1067 app. Want to be sure you can get all that Auburn sports news you need. Perfect. You can follow me on Twitter at D Blackerby. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Auburn. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.